I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride. Blog Talk Radio. Okay, everybody, welcome to the Cocoa Expression Network. It appears that my intro is not behaving right. As I, as I was telling our guests as we were talking in, in the green room, um, April has been a very good month for me. So allow me the opportunity to bring to you author Kay Lee. She has written a book called A New Normal. And her story, well, just her personality, just the way she shares her story and tells just the little things about herself gives you the impression that she is a kindred spirit. She is a sister girl. She's somebody that you just want to have as your friend as you travel along this journey. So we're going to take a journey today, this evening, with author Kay Lee as she tells us about her book, A New Normal, and shares some of her other interests and involvements. So please allow me the opportunity to bring to you Kay Lee. Okay. Welcome to the Coco Express Network. Talk radio that informs. Talk radio that inspires. Talk radio that enlightens. Talk radio for us all. Hello. Hello. Yeah, see, I told you I was having communication issues. <laughs> I was going, hello, hello. Yeah. It's but not you got me, me now. Yes. Yeah. You have me, me now. You have my undivided attention. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you, universe, for just kind of fishing through the fog and giving us clarity. And, um, I am so glad to have you on the show today. It, you know, you, I gave a brief intro about you and how our little brief conversation that we had before the show allowed me to feel as if I need to take you with me as we go on this amazing journey. And this evening Aww. we're gonna go. Yes, we're gonna go on a journey, and the journey is all about you. We're gonna discuss a new normal, your book, and we're just gonna learn more about you and all the different things that you're involved in and what you do for us to help us be better. So, please. Okay. Let's begin. Well, um, A New Normal. That's a a story I wrote, actually, um, to get sheroes for uh, women who are struggling with uh, self-love, self-respect, and just pretty much self-image and wanting to uh, have a sense of security in relationships and in love. 
So the premise of the story is uh, three promiscuous women who have money, and I didn't want to um, talk about talk really bad about men. So I created these um, these women who use men as boy toys, but there's always that one girlfriend that wants to um, be married. So in a new normal, the journey is all about self-love and self-discovery and waiting, waiting to hear that voice of our creator say, okay, this is the one for you. So as she's waiting, she discovers how to love herself. And when we love ourselves, remember that that aroma of love will teach others how to love us as well. So when you love yourself, everyone else will love you too. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing. You know, it's for me, that sounds pretty much like me and some of my friends. I was always one that wanted to be married, but it never happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. So, you know, you're absolutely right. But the thing about it is that self-love and, and, you know, that self-respect, I think that is something that we really need to revisit and practice more of because it seems that since we have embarked this this supercharged technology-driven mm-hmm. atmosphere, we've yes. lost so much in regards to yes. how we treat ourselves and how we see ourselves. Right. I totally agree. I wanted you to, you know, just give me your thoughts on that as well. Well, you know, um, I think women and men, we need to get back to courting. Remember that term, courting, when we were younger, Mm -hmm. our parents would, well, our grandparents would tell us to, you know, you know, court. And courting for your younger audience, that just means to get to know the person before you uh, have a physical relationship with them. Um, I think Steve Harvey calls it his 90-day rule, but mm-hmm. it really does work. It really does work when you get to know someone because let's say, for instance, you go out with this person, in two weeks that's the infatuation that's speaking. That's not real love. That's what we call lust. And, and you know, they can't do any wrong because you really want to feel them. So then you have that moment where you guys you know, have that situation, and guess what? Two weeks later, you're like, I don't like the way he hold his fork. Or, or you're just trying to find some excuse to not be with him, and there you have it. Now you've slept with the person, and, and he's, he, he you didn't even like what he wore, how he spoke, or other things. So courting is one of the things we need to get back to, and it is a wonderful thing to anticipate and get to know someone. Yeah, I so agree that's with the premise you. of the book, learning how to court. And you know, and I agree with you on that because it took. I made so many mistakes along the way, you know, as a woman, and it mm-hmm. took till now because the gentleman that I'm seeing now, I've known him ever since junior high school, and mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I know you, I really know right. you. So, mm-hmm. and it's so much more fun and and more relaxed when you really know yes. somebody. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Um one of the things I love about um the story A New Normal, I show the sensitive side of men. You'll be in a um 
you'll be really surprised in the story how men think and how they operate in reference to love when they're courting. Because some men want the same thing. Everybody don't want to just that instant gratification. That's that new generation who don't even know how to hold a decent conversation. They just want to text, and and, and, and it's, you know, the answers or the co- uh, comments that they give back in a text message, it's so superficial, and it's no emotion. And mm-hmm. love is, a, is a, a, a strong emotion that is very powerful, and intoxicating, and it's one of the emotions that I truly, truly love having. So I now, just want to bring that back in a new normal. Yes. Now, my question to you is when did you begin to to write, and, and how did you stumble upon your love of writing? I was 10 years old when I wrote my first love story, <laughs> and um I'll never forget it. It was, you know, a summer day, of course, but I was an avid reader of Judy Bloom. She was my favorite author at the time. She wrote um, a bunch of um, children and teenage mm-hmm. stories about real life, like falling in love, getting your first cycle, different things like that, characters that we all could relate to. So um, from there, you know, I was an avid reader, and then we had that boom of um, African-American authors, you know, your Terry McMillans, uh, Eric Jerome Dickey, Elin Harris, just to name a few. And someone dared me to carry out and write a story, so I did. And the next thing I know, I was trying to figure out how to, you know, get it published. So I just remember Oprah always said, on your sign your own check and I studied the publishing business for three years I went to every book signing in Los Angeles met all the authors that were either signed to a project or uh, self-published and I learned from the best and here I am uh, four books later amazing that's amazing and it's really true that you should sign your own checks because the, the other way around is just it's it's like you're chasing something and you will never be happy. Yes. But when yes. you when right. you're doing it for yourself and you're doing it yourself, mm-hmm. you you you're passionate about what you're doing, and mm-hmm. you love the end results and you love who you are as an independent right. person. Absolutely. I mean, it'll it'll be a little slow motion, but my thing is never give up. Just keep going. Uh, because one day it'll eventually happen. And here I am still loving what I'm doing. Uh, Some people know me, um, and now it's time for everyone to know me. So here I am. Yes, thank you. We're glad glad you're here with us. Now, uh, you know, it's really interesting, um, you know, the premise of the book, and you talk about the the, the women, their promiscuous women. Um, Mm -hmm. My... And I'm struggling with this. Is it promiscuity? Is it freedom of choice? Is it, you know, having the ability to just be yourself? Do we have to label it as promiscuity or is it all of those things? It's all of those things. And one of the things that I I know just in creating the characters, because they – 
become a part of me, um, it was all about not wanting to get your heart broken anymore. So if you are, um, how can I say, a little bit uh, desensitized from the emotion and just, you know, having the act of going out and and having sex with um, a guy, then that's okay, you know, with these women. That's how they felt. Because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, they want to be loved. They want to they want to have love, but they're just tired of the game plan, and they just you know want the quick fix and go home and and live their life. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. And, you know, you said that you had read, like, a lot of books, you know, when you were younger. There was one book that I read, and I swear it scared me for the rest of my, well, until I became an adult, and it was called All for the Wrong Reasons. And I read this, I believe it was in junior high school, and it was a book about a young girl who meets this guy, and they have Mm -hmm. sex before their time. She gets pregnant. And it tells the story of what happens to her and everything she oh, had wow. to go through as a teenager pregnant. I was like, I'm never doing that. <laughs> <laughs> now, that sounds like a really, really good story, honestly. And and clearly, the message um, did affect you in a way that, it sh- that maybe the, the writer wanted it to, mm-hmm. to uh, affect young girls. That's excellent, yes. especially oh, when you can affect someone. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, to this day, I still remember the book. And I'm like, so it had a, a profound impact on on me. And as an mm-hmm. author, your ability to change lives is, is, is amazing because your words can transform and heal a lot of people. Is that your purpose when you're doing your writing? Absolutely. Um, I'll share a quick story with you. Um, when I lived in Atlanta, I had a, a really good friend. She absolutely loved the new normal, and one of her clients had come in. She she owned a um, a restaurant, and one of her clients, her regulars, had come in, and she said, oh, you're not looking too good today. She said, yeah, I just ordered my favorite meal. I'm going to go home and kill myself. And mm. so, you know, the lady was looking a little confused, but she said, before you do that, and she said she ran out to her car and got a copy, her copy of A New Normal. She said, before you do that, read this book. And sure enough, she read the book, and maybe about a week or two later, um, my friend from the restaurant, she called me, and she said, I have someone that want to speak to you. She handed the lady the phone, and the lady's story, basically, she said she had just given up on relationships. She was tired of having her heart broken, and she said a new normal saved her life. And um, just knowing her self-worth and knowing that, you know, love is possible, and, and love starts with self. And so to this day, I just, I'm so grateful for that lady just reading the story. I'm really grateful. Did you know that this was your destined journey when you were younger? Uh, When did you know that this was your calling and this was what you're supposed to do? Um, When our creator whispered in my ear and told me to go home and write the book. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I struggled I struggled with that because I I went back to college and everything. I was like, you know, I just want to do something different. And um, 
I just kept hearing that whisper, even though a friend of mine had, had dared me to do it years prior. And so I said, you know what, I'll go ahead and do it. But just like the enemy will do, um, the voice kept saying, write the story, but who's going to read it? And I tried to, you know, shake the voice, and um, I went on and did it. So I'm happy that I did. I'm, I'm happy that I did. Too. I am glad because he's a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed, he truly is. I'm so yes. glad I listened. You know, and what I find so remarkably interesting about you is that you have a regular job, and it is completely opposite of love stories. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I am. Well, I've been, um, I work for the city of Los Angeles as a traffic officer. And for those of you who want to know what that is, what it entails is, um, it's parking enforcement, but um, I work a really late shift, which, of course, is not uh, regular duties. It was, it's some of the regular duties of the officers, but we do different things. But at the same time, um, I love what I do because I am a people person. I love um, um, the law, and it's either black or white with me. There, sometimes there's no middle. It's either, you know, this way or that way. Um, I like truth, and that's that's just who I am. But mm-hmm. I love what I do, and I did write a book about um, parking enforcement, which is um, when people read it, it was five stars on Amazon after two months, but after people read the book, they had a newfound respect for people in parking enforcement because at the end of the day, we're actually real people. We're not robots out giving people citations. We're, we have families. We have real issues. Some people have cancer. Some people have parents with dementia or Alzheimer's. So, you know, we go out, we have to do our job, but at the same time, life still happens. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think um, that was one of the uh, things that resonated with a lot of the people that read the story that, wow, these people have the same issues we have, but that's just their job. They're doing what they set out to do. Interesting. And do you mm-hmm. get some of your um, inspiration for your stories from your interactions through your regular oh, job? absolutely. Yes. Um, as a matter of fact, the story that I wrote is loosely based on my experience in the field, of course. Um, but it's one of those stories. It's, if it was ever a movie, which I know it will be one day, um, it will be under the category of a dramedy because there are some funny moments and there are some serious moments. So um, I can't wait to see uh, that particular story on film. And another thing that I do, I wanted to talk about, um, I do have a couple of nonprofits. One of my favorite uh, nonprofits that I'm working on now is it's entitled Single and Networking Dads. And basically, um, I have a 12-week curriculum for single fathers who um, learn in 12 weeks how to deal with teenagers, cope with bereavement, um, learn how to quick um, make quick meals for the children. And single fathers is now becoming like an epidemic. You know, we have 
women that are literally walking away from their responsibilities. You have women that are dying in childbirth, um, women who have mental illness or in prison. And so these fathers are finding themselves single and, and not understanding, you know, the whole parenting thing. So my foundation teaches them how to be a little bit more nurturing as a man. It doesn't make you soft, but as a parent, you have to have both sides, the nurturing and the discipline. So um, that's something that I love to uh, interact with. And, um, yeah, it's a great foundation. Well, that's amazing because we were having this conversation, me and a woman that I work with, we're having this conversation the other day about the – the, the the men today, you know, mm-hmm. and we're sad, you know. It's like the young men today are lost. Just yeah. you know, and I'm, they're they're lost because they have no one to go to and no place to go to find right. direction, and it breeds a whole society of confusion. And it I has agree. to stop. It really has to stop. I totally and agree. this um, nonprofit that you've created is a place. It's a vehicle for them to be able to go into and learn how to be better, how to do better. And thank you, <laughs> thank you so much for, <laughs> for doing this. Yes, thank you. Um, you know, I wanted to create. Um, how can I say, a fraternity of men who can feel safe to talk about, you know, their issues with their kids and not be judged, you know, their issue mm-hmm. with their their woman uh, or their, their um, the mother of their children and not be judged. We all make mistakes, and life does happen. It just happens. And so... At the end of the day, yes, we do have choices, but when you have um, a parent that passes away, that's a whole nother ball game. And mm-hmm. I, what inspired me to create this foundation is I wrote a story called 365 Days, and basically it's about a father, I'm sorry, a, a husband whose wife uh, passes away while she deli- after she delivers their son. And for 365 days, he journals to his deceased wife about, you know, raising their son, you know, the ins and outs and how he's coping with um, torn uh, torn between promiscuity and serving God. And, again, the book is called 365 Days, and um, it's told from a male's perspective. I have no clue how I did it, but... Men tell me I was right on point with the emotions, the dialogue between men, and everything. So it's actually one of my favorite books. And so um, the nonprofit came about because I created the nonprofit in the story. And um, my publicist at the time told me, you need to make this happen. This really needs to happen. Mm-hmm. So I did. I made it happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you are writing prophecy for yourself. <laughs> uh, 
I am. Can I write the part where I get a good man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> get to writing. Get to writing. <laughs> I need to speak that over my life right now. Someone who is, you know, eager to have a good woman and have a good time in life and just love mm-hmm. life and appreciate, you know, everything that is set forth in his life, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm patient. And I understand exactly what you mean, you know. It's it's so hard. I mean, things nowadays are so hard, and I can't even understand or put my finger on why things are so hard. The things that we took for granted that were so easy and, you know, they flowed effortless, effortlessly, now mm-hmm. is a, there's such a degree of difficulty in just doing the basic things, and I don't seem to – I can't figure out why. And I, I keep, do. I, I know oh, why. Do tell. Well, it is because uh, social media and reality shows have glamorized life and abundance in a way that is um, it's superficial. Mm-hmm. It's totally superficial. And those are not the things, the material things are not the things that we need to ascertain at this time. We need to find true relationships, uh, good people with good energy. That's what we need to thrive for. That's what we need to push for and, and, and look for in life. But because you have these reality shows where people are trying to get their five minutes of fame and, um, you know, drive this kind of car, live in that neighborhood, and, you know, do those things, we've lost sight of, you know, what's real. We really have. And the the millennials are really lost. They really are. They have no idea what it's like to ride a bike and be home before the streetlights come on. They have no idea what it's like to have a community of friends who um, – you might get mad at each other, but you're friends five minutes later. They have no clue. Mm-hmm. No. They don't and know that. Go ahead. Well, and they have no clue because they shoot their friends and kill them, so they can't be friends again. Exactly. You know, it, it, it's, it's to that degree of seriousness in everything. Mm-hmm. So, yes, and, and as you were saying. You're absolutely right. It's yeah. just sad, though, that it's it's that way. But but that's that's the answer to everything, you know, the instant uh, gratification. Um, you know, everyone is wearing their feelings on their shoulders. Oh, I don't like what he said in a text message, so I'm just not going to talk to him anymore. You know, mm-hmm. why not explain yourself? Or they just have no sense of communication. And that's what I want to bring in my story. Uh, just that old-fashioned sense of communicating yes, and having a dialogue. That. And I love that. People used to say, oh, you talk too much. And I'm like, I don't talk enough. Because right. you got to tell somebody what you feel. You have to let them know mm-hmm. what's going on and, and why so that they will understand you and understand your story, your life, and where you're coming from. Otherwise, they don't know you. Right. I agree. I totally agree. But um, 
I really hope that um, people will have an opportunity to read uh, one or two of my stories. Uh, the, uh, the sequel of A New Normal is uh, entitled Walk in My Shoes, and it's one of the best love stories I think I've ever wrote. Uh, Walk in My Shoes, the premise of that story is uh, it was a couple in A New Normal, but they were an older couple. And um, they had some marital issues in reference to the husband lost his job and didn't want to work for the man anymore, so they were both school teachers, and um, he didn't want to go back to teaching. So he, he told his wife, you know, I'll just pick the girls up every day from school, and, you know, I'm just not going to work anymore. So as a mom and you're a married wife and a mother, we have a tendency to lose a sense of self. And in this story, um, she takes a sabbatical from her family, from life, and he has to do one or two things, either go get a job to continue to take care of his family, his daughters, or, you know, he she leaves him with no choice but to figure it out. And what I love about this love story is both of them have an opportunity to cheat or uh, not be honest and instill what is called their marriage, but they, they still both love each other so much that they remain uh, faithful. And it's it's a beautiful story. It's a story of real talk, though. Okay, so well, they got issues they got to talk about. <laughs> so that's you read a new normal, and then you get walk in my shoes. So that's how it yes, goes. Okay, one and two. Mm-hmm. I yeah. got my reading list together. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget three hundred and sixty-five days. It's it's um it's pretty racy uh, with the love things, but uh, the I tell you, you will love that story as well. A lot okay. of surprises in that story. A lot of surprises. Now, how can people find these books? You know, I I want our listeners to be able to get them. Okay. Uh, I am available on Amazon.com. Again, the first book, A New Normal. The sequel is Walk in My Shoes. The story about the uh, father who has a son. His that is um, 365 days, and the last book about the officers is called Command Presence, Squad Eight, and it's under K Lee K period L E E, and it's they're all available on Amazon.com. Okay, okay, so you can rest assured I'll have all three to start <laughs> off with. <laughs> Okay. Well, yes. I can't wait. Well, listen, when you read them, I would mm-hmm. love to come back for an interview so we can have dialogue. Oh, um, that would be amazing. <laughs> and I will make sure I yes. get the time zones right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, my shift, my regular shift is midnight to 830. So I'm a vampire. I'm usually up. Uh, it's so funny when, when people call me and they're like, oh, you're asleep. Uh, yeah, they do give me what's called an off day sometimes. I'm getting some rest. <laughs> <laughs> but everyone thinks I'm always up. So uh, feel free to call me or or 
book a show. I'm I'm okay. always available. That would be amazing because when I read a book, I read a book. I mean, I go through the page. I fall into the book. I become the book. So yeah. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be amazing. And I will definitely reach out once I've read mm-hmm. the first two books to schedule mm-hmm. so that we can have you back and we can have complete and total dialogue. And it was, it's going to be great. Right. I do want to um, give the readers, uh, your your listeners, um a heads up, when you do order on Amazon, it's going to be two copies of Walk in My Shoes and, uh, well, two different covers of Walk in My Shoes and mm-hmm. two different covers of A New Normal. Um, I just changed the covers, so mm-hmm. um, the the most recent covers are going to look a little bit more modern, so mm-hmm. that's the one, those are the ones that you, you are to uh, order. Okay, but uh, okay. you'll see what I'm talking about. I'm just still waiting for Amazon to fix it because I don't <laughs> want you guys to miss out on that over a okay. little era. So enjoy. I will definitely. It was just so good to have you on the show. I feel like I have a new friend now. Oh, and absolutely. <laughs> yes, and um, we would love to have you back, so I'll reschedule that. I want to also thank Monica Alexander for this amazing opportunity and apologize to her for my. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. My... Like I said, I was already up. No problem. Okay. So as long as she knows that, you know, I, I take responsibility and I apologize. So I, because I like working with Monica and. I just wanted to know it was on me, my bad. <laughs> Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's been great, great, great talking to you. Um and Indeed. to allow me this platform to just, you know, enlighten people about um, you know, myself. Mm-hmm. Yourself and, uh, and my stories. Yes. Yes, indeed. So like I said, we'll have you back. Now I would like to know if you would like to leave our listeners with one last word before you go. The only thing I want to leave uh, with your listeners is to remember that um, it's all about you. You are the difference. And as long as you can uh, make a difference, then life will be absolutely what you want it to be. Thank you. Thank you very much. On that note, I am going to thank you again for being on the show. We will definitely have you back. That is a promise. Yes. And I'm going to get the books, and we're going to just go from there. I hope you have an amazing evening and a wonderful shift. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, thank you so much, and take care now. You too. Thank you. And to all my listeners, you're welcome. To all my listeners, I like to tell you that you have to really believe in yourself and you have to follow your dreams and your passions because they can change and transform lives. Just like Kaylee, our guest this evening, you never know what your destiny has in store for someone else's life. And you have to keep that in mind. Don't try to follow behind somebody else because their journey is not your journey. They have their own journey. They have their own road to travel. While you're on your journey, remember these things. Take care of yourself because if you don't take care of you, you will be no good to no one else. 
That means eat right, exercise, and love yourself. And the rest is gravy. So on that note, I want to wish each and every one of you a wonderful evening, and God bless. All right. God bless. Good night. Bye. Good night. I'm Will Coleman, founder and CEO of Alto, and I built Alto to put an end to rideshare horror stories. You're used to the total lack of consistency in rideshare. Maybe it's a smelly car or a driver that asks just one too many personal questions. Not anymore. With Alto, you know exactly what to expect every ride. Every Alto driver is a trained Alto employee, and every Alto vehicle is part of our private fleet of luxury SUVs. Say goodbye to rideshare horror stories. Download the Alto app today and use code FOUNDER for $10 off your first ride.